Before we jump into this episode, we need to update you on what happened behind the scenes, which is why we had to pause releasing new episodes temporarily. You see, after we launched our podcast, Ben found out about it and, as you can imagine, was not happy. We knew that we did our due diligence and consulted with lawyers before moving forward, but it definitely didn't matter. Ben went ahead anyways and slapped both me and Athena with domestic violence harassment restraining orders in an attempt to shut us up and take down the podcast. So here is a quick bit after we won and Ben's case was dismissed. Do we dare so, talk about anything? We dare. I want to shout it from the rooftops because I feel yes. like our listeners should know he's trying to get a restraining order, a domestic violence one, because he doesn't, he basically wants to shut down the podcast. It's not mm-hmm. that we're harassing, stalking or anything else. When you're dealing with someone that has a, a personality disorder, um, they get leaked like litigation happy, I guess is a way to say it. And that's what Ben is doing. Let's just say the first half of this day, Amber and I had anxious, scared, overwhelmed tears. The second half of the day, after we both finished with our court proceedings, they are happy tears. We have the most amazing attorney from Davis Wright Tremaine Law Firm. They are located in Los Angeles and Seattle and York. And he is an amazing man. I was crying after my hearing and told him how kick-ass he was because Amber and I have never had anybody really have us heard. I don't think anyone could no. understand the corruptness of Ben. And how he's worked the system and abused the system for so long. So you go into court, you have all your documentation, and he shows up with fake documents. He lies about who you are, what you did. I mean, everything's fraudulent, and he gets away with it. And so no one cry again. I know. Like I've been crying all day because it feels unreal. Like this is actually happening. It's a good thing. I mean, I don't think our listeners understand because we haven't got to that part in the book, but we're starting to touch on um, the effects that he's had on your daughter and how he drug her through his mental illness. We all had different bits of information. And so even with multiple women, we turned in, what, 350 pages of documentation a couple years ago, and it's like they didn't even read a thing, not one thing. Mm -hmm. And you had to hand your child back over to a monster. Yeah. Literally. And so this was the first time that we felt like someone gets it. (laughs) Our lawyer was like, oh my God, like we kept giving more and more evidence. (laughs) He's like, I don't think we were expecting this much evidence. (laughs) Uh, He's like, why isn't this guy in jail? And that's what everyone keeps saying. We're like, I don't know. I don't know. He's the partner in a major law firm and he met with his associates in different fields and all of them were blown away at how yeah. he wasn't in prison. He knows how to play the system, but yeah. yeah. So Bruce Johnson, folks, he is the man of the day of the month of the year. It's so exhausting, but the charges were dismissed against both of us. We both had yeah. separate cases that were both today back to back. The poor, com- I mean, that judge, well, she was <sighs> awesome. She was neutral. She was fair. I didn't feel like she was prejudiced against any party. She was just so thorough. And then her ruling, I wasn't sure what direction it would go. And then listening to her at the end, 
which I have a recording for everyone. Yay! Or open courtroom, she says at the very beginning. So it is public record. And I'm going to add the part where she gives her ruling. You'll hear me sniffle and cry and say, thank you, God. And I was shaking. You just, you're waiting to hear what she's going to say. And it's just, it wasn't, it was I mean, you feeling you've in the had... world. It's not over. It's not over, but. No, no, they retaliate. It, he won't stop until we finally get a judgment saying this is abusive litigation. so let down by the court system and this is i think yes. we even need like a separate podcast at some point to talk about this because women i've heard from several women issue. that they just so the, the, they've just been let down so many times and but so in good news and better news um i definitely amber i want our listeners to hear about this because we were so excited to hear about a brand new law that was yeah. passed um where january of 2020 or 2021. Right? Oh, so literally very, very, just, yeah. Yeah. So a few months back. So it is, you can now get an order, a court order to stop the abuse of, what is it? Stop the- Restrict ab abusive litigation. Oh, res restrict. Honestly, I don't know if that's yeah. just a Washington law though. Oh. Or if like a federal, I don't know. So we might have to well, look at that. for both of us. I don't know. In our order, in our court hearings today- that's true, and um, I'm in Oregon. So yeah, maybe it's a federal asked, I hope so. Um, and so we will hopefully be able to go on record, get that, and we'll be done. So until then, we are not safe because I've been down this road. A win feels good, but I know it's not over. And with him, he's so obsessive. Yeah. Um, so my doors are locked right now. I have 
my alarm system, my cameras, everything. I only have a couple months left on my lease and I'm, I'm moving. He's just retaliated so much with so many different women. Um, and we'll get to that because that'll come up soon. Actually, we're going to be shocked. Yeah. What he does. Yeah. So yeah. I guess, should we, let's, let's get, in. get into it. I mean, I got money apparently. I came into money that I didn't know money, we money, had. Money, money. No one ever saw this coming, but here we are, bonded forever by the same ex-husband. Once arch enemies and now partners in crime, we journey to the edge of sanity to uncover the dark truth about our ex-husband. My name is Athena. And I'm Amber. And we are the creators of X-Wives Undercover. This podcast is based on real-life events that are portrayed to the best of Athena and Amber's memory and also backed by court records and other factual evidence. While all the stories in the podcast are true, some names and identifying details have been changed to protect the privacy of the people involved. Here is an update on where we're at with the story at this point. I am now in Oregon and me and Ben just got married. He has been secretly seeing Deanna for just under a year and fully supporting her after he promised her a job that never existed. In addition, one month after we got married, Ben also took up with another woman named Avery. Now his poor daughter Sydney is keeping lies about both women from myself and her mother Athena not to mention the fact that she was made to go along with pretending to move to Oregon. I am at my wit's end with a failed attempt to buy a house, and then Ben springs it on me that he just sold a database that he created for a whopping $21 million. Are you mind blown yet? Well, it gets better. On with the story, Season 1, Episode 24, Marriage and Mistresses. Never in a million years could I ever imagine that I would come into that kind of money. $21 million. I don't know about you, but that's not something I could even wrap my head around. And to be honest, my immediate gut instinct was, yeah, right. So then it's like, well, crap, now I'm legally bound to the dude. I, and I realized I shouldn't have done it to begin with, but now I'm like, oh my God, this is such a mess. So I'm fuming mad. I'm looking at how do I null marriage that summer? And then he tells me, we have $21 million. Do you remember that bunch of garbage? Yeah. And I was like, no, we don't. Like, he even showed you a document. I remember. He always the had contract, a The contract. It was a 78 page contract with. Right signatures of the huge company and lawyers and I mean I don't know where someone would get a contract and so then I'm like well are you kidding me that is how he fooled us all the best because every time any of us had a question of I don't know Am, that sounds pretty off that doesn't sound right well but he has a 78 page contract that he showed me or you know he always came up with some sort of proof that what he was telling you was real or true and then you would sh- tell us about that and it was confusing most normal people don't really when someone shows you a, a document 
it's hard because we don't think like psychopaths we would never create fake documents ever yeah so the the extent that he went to to create such intricate or whatever that word is intricate 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 um details and make these things look so valid and real that's really how he had us all fooled I know it makes you second guess your gut instinct and because we all were thinking the same thing like I call BS on that are you kidding me like I will say Gabe never believed any of it I know Sandy didn't either he always every time I would go back to him and say but Gabe no really he has this document nope sorry that didn't happen (laughs) especially the stuff when yeah when I was telling him that um that the thing was sealed and she was at working with the DEA he was like I don't know how he is doing this but it's not no that didn't happen I'm telling you that never happened and I just it was hard to convince you when I wasn't convinced myself that point I was tied in legally with him and yes I was kind of researching how to get an annulment and stuff but for the time being I kind of was like on this mission to back him in a corner again to like force him to tell me the truth and I I set up an appointment with my best friend's financial advisor I'm like oh surely he's not going to show up to a financial advising appointment oh but he did he showed he up he, yes he talked yeah, I remember that. he talked for an hour with the financial planners t- telling them all kinds of details about the transaction and the database and all Are this stuff yes so did he even have the financial advisor fooled about the 21? Yes. Months? Yeah. Well, and he even told them there, he's like, um, you know, it's not, the money's not in my bank account. It has to go through the, it's flagged first to make sure because it's such a large sum of money that um, the banks have to clear it through whatever to make sure it's not fraudulent. And so the, the guys was like, okay, well, let's, let's touch base in, in a couple months once that's done. And, you know, we talked about a trust fund for the girls <laughs> Just, I mean, how dumb. I'm just sitting here like, okay, you know. And then when we try to get the second house, I cool down enough because I'm pissed off about Boogie Woods. So then he, I remember thinking and having a conversation with mom going, well, you know what? I'm just going to tell him we have $21 million and we'll just pay cash for a house. So we don't have to fuck around with any, you know, loans, home, you know, home loans or anything. So I thought to myself, well, for sure, he's going to have to admit that he lied to my face. He's not going to be able to come up with that kind of money. And sure as hell enough, he did. He he logged into his bank account right in front of me from his phone and showed me. It wasn't $21 million, but it was $660,000, which was the, um, the amount in full for the house, the second house. Really? I didn't know he was embezzling money. At so this that point, came from the embezzled. Yes, embezzled. that was from the embezzling he was doing, but I had zero idea about that. You thought and it was part of the yes. and that would eventually. Yes, and we were advised, you know, when the real estate agent, my friend, she's like, only show how much you're going to offer. You don't want to show that you have $21 million in the bank. That way, the sellers are going to be like, well, great, then you can pay more for my house. You know, they're not going to give you the best deal. So my friend, who was our real estate agent, told Ben, just show in your bank account, we have to show that we have the cash, but only show $660,000. So that's what he did. 
Well, there is enough. Maybe you just pay cash for the house. And just you don't have to go through the whole thing. You know, he has enough cash in the bank. You could just cash out. Hmm. But then, I don't know. All of us were just—I don't know. Like this is such a mess, and I immediately had regrets of even marrying him at that point. But now it's a matter of saving face because now all my friends, family, everybody in the whole world knows I went and got married. So I don't want to like blast out. Oh, just kidding. He's a total piece of shit. I'm going to get an annulment. (laughs) Whoops. You know what I mean? So then it's like, I kind of hung in a little longer thinking, okay, maybe he's going to prove me wrong. He's got to prove me wrong. We've we've got to like save face. Our marriage definitely got off to a rocky start. Ben told me he had officially moved out of our home in Kirkland when the lease was up in May, and he would spend his nights during the week in a local extended stay hotel while his belongings were kept in storage. Our marriage was not supposed to be long distance. We were supposed to have been settling into our first home, but as fate would have it, we lost the Boogie Woods home and we're back to the drawing board. What I didn't know was that Ben did move out of our Kirkland home, but shortly thereafter, he rented a townhome in Bothell. That summer, basically, I would come up and stay for a week and we would be in the extended stay with Sydney. I remember Sydney would tell me that and I was like, wait, what? Huh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why are you living? She said, we live in a hotel or in a motel. And I was like, what? Yeah. yeah. And I was like, uh, I had to call Ben like, come again? What's going on? <laughs> Just to catch you up really quick with the girlfriends, Deanna was able to find another job fairly quickly after the big mess Ben created with the nonprofit, but within a few months, she was laid off and ultimately had to file bankruptcy. Her work experience was in banking, and her most recent job was as a sales director, but for whatever reason, Deanna decided to switch careers altogether and signed up for beauty school. Of course, this meant that she continued to expect Ben to help supplement her lifestyle. What you all don't know, and I sure as hell didn't know, was that around the same time, Ben began embezzling money from his employer. This would not come to light for a couple of years later. Ben and Deanna's relationship was extremely toxic and very tumultuous, with lots of breakups and makeups. And she was not introduced to Ben's family nor any close friends. She also did not even know where his new townhouse was located. Avery, on the other hand, was introduced right away to Ben's mother, friends, and Sydney, and was quickly spending the night at his new townhome in Bothell. Nobody told her that Ben was married, even though they all knew. After putting her home up for sale... Avery was planning on moving in with Ben into his townhome in Bothell. You see, Ben is really good when it comes to love bombing, and he painted this picture of they were meant to be to Avery, and she wanted so desperately to believe the fairy tale. Finally, her happily ever after was about to happen. Within just a couple of months of dating Ben, there were definite red flags, and while Avery didn't see them, her friends definitely did. Ben was gone all the time. He didn't have social media, and they just had this suspicious feeling that something wasn't right. So what do you think her first red flags were? Do you remember? I know her friends saw them because, you know, when you're on the outside looking in, it's easier to see those red flags. 
So for me, looking back at things that happened, the things she's told us so far, I think it must have been a little bit of the lack of time that he had to spend with her. But on the flip side, I remember Avery telling us that, you know, he was saying all these terrible things about me and that he had his daughter a lot. And so she was a priority. So it was very manipulative and he would flip it and make himself look good. Like, I'm a great dad, so I'm sorry. I'm with my child, but what other things? Do you remember? Well, I mean, I don't think she noticed the red flags as much as her friends. Okay. I think she was not, I think she got very caught up in it and was just kind of in that love high kind of thing. So I don't think she was looking for red flags and she trusted him. You guys have to remember, this is her old childhood friend. Why would he ever lie to me? Ben, as usual, promised me the world and begged and pleaded for me to stay. He would make everything better, he promised me. Don't worry, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Just give me the benefit of the doubt. And against my better judgment, I did. We had already planned our second annual family vacation with Sydney to Las Vegas, where we planned on playing at the pool all day and going to Cirque du Soleil shows at night and just having more family memories. And to anybody who saw us, we were the perfect family. I just cringe now thinking about the new wifey t-shirt that I so proudly wore that trip. The rest of the summer, we went back and forth between Oregon and Washington, staying in hotels with Sydney. She packed her suitcase and went along with everything her father said. I can't help but wonder what was going on in that poor child's head. She would later confess to me and her mother years later what he would do to her. Ben would say he was going to tuck Sydney in bed, but what he really was doing was quizzing his young, impressionable child on the lies he was telling so he wouldn't get caught by his wife, Athena, and the multiple girlfriends he was collecting. She wasn't even allowed to go to sleep until she memorized everything perfectly. But you know what was really strange? And I remember asking him this. We'd stay at like one over by, shoot, Factoria, and then one by your house. But I'm like, how come you don't just do like a one month? Yeah. It'd be like a few days at a time because he wasn't living there. He tried to tell me, I was like, how come he's like, I have to go uh, like reserve a couple more days. I'm like, why don't you just reserve them the month and get a better rate? He's like, oh, but the daily rates change all the time. So I just do a few days at a time. And I'm like, oh, well, that's God. really weird. It's really I weird. But I realized that. I mean, I knew yeah. that he for sure did it for a period of time because he didn't have the townhouse. But then I knew about the townhouse. But I thought he was just always coming to see you, trying to hide it that way. I didn't know he was still in Seattle. Yeah. Wow. So that's, that's why I started saying, poor Sydney. Chris and I had set our wedding date for October 14th, 2017. I'd chosen a beautiful, sexy, yet classy wedding gown for our destination wedding in Hawaii. Once I tried it on, I knew it was perfect for our beach wedding. My daughters, Lexis and Sydney, accompanied me on each arm and walked me down the beach towards Chris and our guests. And as soon as I was close enough, the officiant had Chris turn around to see me. His face lit up and he beamed with happiness. 
I remember just staring at him in his navy blue suit and leather flip-flops and thinking how handsome my husband is and how thankful to God I am that he hadn't run for the hills after everything he had witnessed Ben do. He was my rock, my partner in crime, and most importantly, my best friend. I knew that no matter what life threw at us, my husband would always have my back and that was the best feeling in the world. We saw our vows. He talked about the girls, about Aww. how, yeah. And he did that too when he proposed to me in front of his family. But, you know, he, he mentioned that he knew that we were a package deal and he felt like the luckiest guy in the world. And even though he's so sarcastic and he always teases me about, you know, he says that to my mom, Margo, like your, your daughter tricked me. Her ex-husband <laughs> right. ex was a freaking psycho. Like, right. Why, why, why didn't you kind of pull me to the side, Margo, and tell me? So, I know. Didn't have any idea. I don't think anyone can trickery. have any idea. I and mean, you can't tell them right away. Hi, my name's Athena. You're really handsome. Will you date me? Mm -hmm. By the way, we will be stalked. Possibly harassed. Attempt, yeah, harassed, <laughs> stalked. Um, attempts will be made on your life. Chris and I definitely noticed an increase in Ben's work travels and last minute no-shows to pick up Sydney. It started to get out of hand. I didn't believe that he was even traveling for work. I just thought that Ben and Amber were probably taking trips and that instead of just notifying me a few weeks in advance of their vacation and schedule change, he would just lie through his teeth and make up some phony excuse as to why he couldn't have Sydney. After weekly cancellations and schedule change requests only hours before he was supposed to pick up our daughter, I'd finally had enough. And I let Ben know that I didn't believe him and I thought his stories were bullshit and that Sydney needed stability. Ben became defensive and exploded back at me, calling me names, gaslighting me, and making me feel like the bad guy. What the fuck? He was the one no showing our daughter, yet he still acts like he's the victim. This is when I tell Chris that I mentally cannot handle communicating with Ben anymore. And I ask Chris if he could take the lead. And with a smirk on my husband's face, he says, my pleasure. I was so grateful that Chris stepped in to handle Ben. At first, things went smoothly, but after only a few short weeks, Chris got a taste of the calculated and manipulative actions of Ben, and he started to really understand everything I had been going through. My husband would simply repeat the same verbiage to Ben in a phone call, email, or text message, and then not respond or engage with Ben again. The following words were, Please remember that Sydney needs consistency in her schedule with you, and that all we ask is that you simply follow the parenting plan. Those words, paired with a lack of engagement by Chris, only enraged Ben even more. Seeing Ben so stressed out and watching his behavior, that's when I realized there must be a whole lot more going on between Amber and Ben than I even knew. You're getting annoyed with me. You're annoying me. Have at it, you two. I'm done. Mm -hmm. I can't handle it anymore. See if you so can do better. <laughs> and so he was like, okay, I'll do it. I'm like, okay. So while he's doing the whole back and forth, back and forth, coming a day late. Oh, I gotta do this. I gotta take a work trip, blah, blah, blah. Chris would just keep saying the same thing. Like, dude, we talked on the phone. We've sent dozens of emails and I thought we came to a cool agreement because Brandon or because Ben was like, thanks man for taking over. She's just really emotional. She's just so, you know, hard to deal with. And it's so nice to deal with like a level headed person and buttering up Chris. And I'm like, F you. I said, okay, well, cool. Like if you guys can get along, great. One week, two weeks max, Chris wanted to pull his hair out. He goes, are you fucking kidding me? When I talk about marching in place, he got a taste of it. You say the exact same thing. You do the exact same thing. He literally copied and pasted the same thing. I, I recently found all the emails and I was dying. It was like, like we agreed on before, please follow the parenting plan to keep 
Sydney's life stable and keep her mentally strong. Thank you. He did it once or twice a week. Did you ask him, how come I've known you for this many years and all of a sudden you're going on business trips all the time? Did you get a different position at oh. work or? Oh, yeah. What I happened? said, I don't believe you. I believe that you're going back and forth to Oregon, that you are obviously totally together, back boyfriend and girlfriend with Amber. Of course, I didn't think you guys were married, but I thought my daughter would tell me if that were the case or <laughs> I'd have an inkling, guess not. Um, but I was like, it's bullshit. You've never traveled before. Look at your job. I know what your job is. You don't travel for work. Okay, but nice try. Um, and so he was like, his his response was, fuck you, Athena. You don't know shit. I've always traveled here and there. I just have to a little bit more. I'm like, really? On the weekends? Chris and him got in a blowout fight. And so I had to take back over. Oh, great. Oh, Ugh. Ben called him, cussing him out and swearing. And Chris was just like, listen, you vagina. <laughs> and Ben, Ben, he <laughs> calls him that all the time. And so Ben cannot handle it he like it oh, yeah. loads he's like you soft ass bitch meet me at the mma gym puts oh the god put the address <laughs> of the gym kirkland down and i'm dying laughing reading these really like, like days ago. are we 14 and then he said i'm not talking to you anymore With the sale of the database, there was no concern anymore about getting a mortgage, and we certainly could afford to buy a home outright. So me and Ben began our hunt for the perfect home once again. Every weekend, Ben and I would scope out homes in the Murray Hill area of Tigard, my dream neighborhood with lots of parks for Sydney and our future baby to play at, trails to walk boogie, and cute little boutiques nearby. I fell in love with this one particular home, and this time I called it Chateau Bouget. I remember telling Ben that we had to reserve the bedroom with a balcony for Sydney because she would just love it. He agreed and said to tell our real estate agent, who also happened to be my best friend, to draw up the paperwork. How exciting. Finally, we were moving in the right direction and things were falling into place. But before that could happen, I got a bomb dropped on me. I'll never forget the day it happened, the day my world was turned upside down. At my parents' house, where I had been staying for the last several months, my phone dinged. You know, that certain sound that Facebook Messenger makes? I was just finishing up work and looked down to see the words, Are you married to Ben Jameson? I clicked on the woman's profile. She didn't look familiar. My heart sank, and I didn't know what to say other than, yes. From the day I met him, that you cheated on him, and that he was so devastated and that that was why he would never get back with you because he was so disgusted and that if I ever did the same thing, don't ever expect him to take me back. And so he would just reiterate that over the years and how devastated he was when you did that and how it was almost set up in case he becomes uncovered. He preps, he plans. How what you did ruined his family. And so I just, I did not know it was coming and it's just getting messier by the minute and I have no idea he's got two other relationships going on during the same time and that Sydney was involved completely oblivious always remember this all the troubles that you were going through with him when you first moved up there and even when you moved down here you were adamant that he would never cheat on you he's not that kind of person 
He would never cheat on you. He, I, I'm sure he's lying about certain things. I, I just need to get to the bottom of it, but I never thought he'd be a cheater. Oh yeah. So that was one thing you did, didn't worry about. No, I never did. I never was needy in that way. I was never suspicious. He was around me 24 seven. Yeah. He called 15 times a day. He was super affectionate, very loving and don't like, I just never, I never picked up on that at all. I, he was just adamant that if, if he was with somebody who cheated on him, that would be it for him. And you know that he would, he's the same way. I know you were just, that was furthest from your mind. Yeah, I was focusing on every other red flag, but that one. He was lying about a lot of things with his health and just all kinds of stuff, but that yeah. didn't come up. Nope. She quickly responded with, well, he's been trying to date my friend for the last few months. Here is a picture that they took together when they were bowling. He also sent her this cute pic of him and his daughter on Halloween. What? I analyzed the photo and there he was, snuggled in the crook of her neck with a coy, pouty face. This definitely didn't look like a platonic selfie. My mind was racing. How can this be happening? We're about ready to buy a house, trying to have a baby, and for fuck's sake, we just got married. In fact, if this woman was paying any attention at all, she'd have noticed that I just updated my Facebook cover photo on October 10th to one from our Disneyland trip with Ben clearly visible. Does that look like a single man? I quickly rushed to my bedroom and began digging through the paperwork on my dresser and found my marriage license, snapped a photo, and shared it with a woman. She was nice, but wouldn't give me the name of her friend that was having an affair with my husband. Trying to fight back tears, I called Ben. I just wanted to puke. I just remember like, I couldn't even cry yet because I was like dumbfounded, just dying going, I, I don't even know what to make of this. What is going on? And then I don't think we talked much after that. I asked her what the girl's name was and she wouldn't tell me. He's like, I don't know who that is. He played dumb. And I'm like, well, she just sent two pictures. So you better smarten up. Tell me the truth. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he coughs up this excuse like, oh, my God, Amber, it's this crazy girl, Avery, that I grew up with from my hometown. I saw her at my 20 year high school reunion and she's been stalking me ever since. Was there a reunion that they attended? Or was the whole thing a lie? I don't Because they know. didn't go to school together at the end. So it must have been a lie. She would try to go to school at the end. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. So that was his excuse was that oh, they reconnected man. as old childhood friends and she's had a crush on him since they were kids. And she was stalking him ever yeah. since then. And he's like, I've never touched that woman. I've never dated that woman. She's crazy. Immediately, I grabbed some belongings and told him, I'll be there in a few hours. You have some explaining to do. I couldn't even concentrate to drive. How could he do this to me? I never in a million years thought Ben would be a cheater. He always told me how awful it was that Athena cheated on him and destroyed his family all those years back. He would warn me that if I ever stepped out on him, that he would never take me back and would be too disgusted to ever touch me again. It was late when I arrived at the extended stay. I didn't want to look at him, let alone touch him. Just looking at him sickened me. He proceeded to tell me that Avery was nobody and not to be concerned and that she was crazy and that absolutely nothing happened between the two of them. 
Besides, he assured me, do you think I would ever date anybody from my hometown? All the women there are fat, gross, or have missing teeth. His explanations didn't make me feel any better. I had a million questions and he had an answer for everything, but that wasn't enough. I wanted to talk to her myself. So he put the woman on the phone. I couldn't believe it, actually. She seemed nice enough and profusely apologized to me for the confusion and for her friend reaching out to me. She adamantly denied anything romantic going on and explained that she simply had a crush on Ben from childhood, but that it was nothing and she respected that he was married. But you go through those emotions of being in shock and then confused and then mad. And by the time I got there, I'm bawling hysterically, like hyperventilating. Like, how could you do this to me? Is he nervous? He's probably all sweaty and creepy. Oh, yeah. But he's so good that it's just he has an answer for everything. And he's like, she's just she's a psycho. She's a stalker. She's been married multiple times, Amber. She's super ghetto. And you said that you wanted to talk to her yourself. What did he say to that? It, It took a minute. It took a minute, um, probably about 30 minutes. He was texting. He obviously was texting somebody. What is her name? And he said it, but I heard it. I heard her last name wrong. And so, of course, after this whole event, I tried to look her up and I couldn't find her because I heard the last name wrong. Um, Within 30 minutes, though, he puts me on the phone with her, supposedly. We find out later it wasn't her at all. This woman was apologizing. She was, I'm so, so sorry for any, you know, miscommunication, any confusion. I respect your marriage. I, I've just had a crush on him since we were kids and it's nothing more than that. And nothing has happened between us. Exhausted. I didn't want to talk about it anymore and wasn't sure what to believe. I had received a text from our real estate agent regarding the house in Murray Hill. She finalized our offer and would be sending over shortly for us to e-sign. I'm so embarrassed to even admit this, but it crossed my mind that if indeed there was maybe some inappropriate flirting going on, the sooner Ben was in Oregon, the sooner this random woman would be out of our lives. Ben suddenly got very serious. Amber, I have something to tell you. I had been crying for hours at this point and couldn't physically or emotionally take anything else. What is it now? I have cancer. I was recently diagnosed with leukemia and will be needing treatment as soon as possible. And I about lost it. So, so that's, so he said that because he didn't want to e-sign? He didn't want to, yeah. Oh my gosh. What else? What else? I mean, seriously, (laughs) I don't know how much more I can take. And I hear leukemia and I'm thinking my husband's going to be dead. Like, that's not a good prognosis. (laughs) What stage are you in? And he tells me, don't worry. I'm in stage one. Actually, I'm in stage two, but it just moved from stage one into stage two. So the doctors are pretty sure that I'm going to beat this. And they think that I just need about six to eight weeks of treatment. Oh, my God. So my mind is like so fried and so exhausted. But now I'm thinking... Oh my God, he's dying. So you believed him initially. Like, how long have you known? And he said for a couple of weeks. And I'm like, you've known that you've had cancer and you didn't tell your wife. Are you kidding me? And then somehow we, he told Avery. Somehow he said that Avery knew and she was helping him and supporting him. And I was like, 
excuse me? I'm pretty sure I'm your wife. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I'm pretty sure you shouldn't be telling random fucking women that you don't even barely know. You haven't seen her since you were five years old, kind of getting pissed again. And then he says something about like, I've realized with this diagnosis that, you know, life is precious and it's important to have the people around you, blah, blah, blah. Basically inferring, like, I can't leave my daughter. I think he was going to try to get me to be like, oh my God, you're right. We can't leave Sydney and I'm going to move back to Seattle and everything's going to be okay. I don't know what it was, but my gut was like, he doesn't fucking have cancer. And now, your red flag, not so fun fact. I read an interesting article recently called, Are Fear of Failure and Embarrassment Keeping You Coupled? And it got me thinking. Sometimes it's not about recognizing the red flags in the other person, but self-reflecting and identifying your own red flags that are keeping you in a toxic relationship. Now, this is obviously easier said than done, especially when you're going through it. At this point in my story, I simply wasn't in a place to look at myself in an honest way. We all know my history with perfectionism. You might even remember my friend Shayna saying that I gave too many fucks. Yep, she's not wrong. Self-reflection is necessary, though, to be the very best version of yourself in life. And many people just go blindly through life, including me, not thinking about what they're doing. And this is a recipe for bad habits and failure. You might even wonder why all these bad things are happening to you, but it may be in fact because of your own actions. There are a variety of ways to self-reflect from writing in a journal to meditation or even counseling. I highly encourage you all to do a regular self-checkup to gauge how you're doing. next time on ex-wives undercover how the hell did he keep you away from attending his doctor appointments and he's like amber it just makes sense like there's nothing for you to do you can't go in and hold my hand it's not like that do you see a pattern like when he would have issues and seizures and troubles is when he got caught for something or you're getting ready to call him out on not following through it's like he wanted me to see like if i don't do the float tank and chamber then I get really sick from the after effects of the proton therapy so he is so went into sick the in the fucking head oh, yeah. oh my god he went to the bathroom upstairs oh, and my he child's was father <laughs> yes I know and even though I kind of put it to rest back in November I started thinking about her and I'm like I got your gut instinct yeah. you have a sixth sense I knew something was off and Always. I'm just like this moment I've met you yeah you have such a strong sixth sense like you know your gut is so strong yeah and i just something about that trip set me off and i was on a mission to find her last name but somehow i was playing with the spelling of what i thought her last name was and there she was i found her and let me say one thing during all of this i kept telling him that a woman will never put anything to rest unless it makes sense and when i was married to you ben Nothing really ever added up. And so I could not put it to rest. So if you could just make sense of things for Amber, she will leave things alone. And if you're being so honest and if everything you're saying is true and correct, then she doesn't, she will, she'll stop digging. 
And once again, if you like what you're hearing, please leave us a five-star review and make sure to join our private Facebook group for even more juicy info. You can also find us on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. And of course, you can always visit our site at www.xwivesundercover.com.